Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Rays are coming off a 5-2 and two road trip. They open the series tonight at the Trop against the Yankees. We're talking everything you need to know about Rays baseball with Neil Solons, their radio pre- and post-game host. You hear him. On the broadcast with Dave Wills and Andy Freed, he's also the host of This Week in Rays Baseball, their weekly podcast. We've got Neil Solons on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, later this week, we're going to have our popular mailbag segment. We've already got some questions coming towards us, and you can participate as well. Here's what you do. Send us your question on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or... My email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Be happy to answer all your questions 100% correctly on our mailbag segment. Okay, Neil Solons joins us now. Neil, the Rays coming off a really good road trip, 5-2, and two, sweep of the Angels. Uh, they hit nine home runs uh, during this uh, swing, and uh, some of those were three-run blasts. Now, I know, you know some of the games we've watched them start, you go, I don't know, five, six innings, not, not many hits. Uh, but the big fly, at least on this road trip, really came at a good time. Rick, they definitely were was was a timely uh, moment for this group for sure in terms of the home runs. But you know, beyond that, I just think they came out you know on the other side of the worst part of the schedule in a good situation. I mean, you're talking about 30 games in 31 days, two series against the Yankees, two series against Oakland, one against Houston, one against Toronto, and even when they faced Kansas City at the time, they were leading the American League Central. And when you consider all the injuries this group has been with, yeah, the home run was nice, and there's certainly a lot this group can improve on going forward. But to be where they are at this point of the season, um, I think they're in a pretty good spot. No, they definitely are, and it, it, it has been a grind for them. And uh, and you're right to come out of that where they're at now is good. I, I you know, this this team, uh, and we'll get into the pitching and and you know the injuries that they've had and their their resourcefulness as far as um, Kevin Cash in the front office to to sort of manage that. Um, as far as as far as their lineup goes, um, you know they've been carried by defense and by pitching, but I still think there's a lot more production in it, um, Neil. But yet they're still, if you look at them, they're still in the top ten, I think, in runs scored. So they've been very resourceful about taking advantage of, of mistakes by other teams, um, taking extra bases. I mean, this team has has found ways to score runs or enough runs to uh, to accomplish what they've done. Especially on the road, you know, for whatever reason, and maybe it's the opponents, maybe it's the fact that they faced Toronto, you know, Oakland and Houston at home is why they struggled at home. And, um, you know, they faced the Yankees in one of their home series when when they struggled for um, the first home stand. Um, But yeah, they have found a way to score. I mean, part of the reason they're in the position they are in terms of run scored is because offense around the league is gone, is is down uh, across the board. Um, I, I do think that's going to pick up as the season goes on. And I do look at the group as a whole and say, you know what? I think other than Mike Zanino, I, I could make a, a strong argument that every other guy in that lineup has either been what you would have hoped they'd be or below what you would have hoped they'd be to this point, which to me means, yeah, there is a lot of room for growth offensively. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, one of the catalysts of their offense at times 
uh, and certainly their best defensive player, I would say, is their center fielder, Kevin Kiermeyer. Unfortunately, he's uh, going to be part of the 10-day uh, injury list. He sprained his wrist. Neil, I mean, injuries have been a big part of his career. We know that, but so is the hustle, which you love. Um, is there really anything that Kevin can do um, to, to try to protect himself more? I know he's had wrist injuries in the past, sliding into bags, but um, this is just sort of the style of play he 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 plays with. Yeah, I mean, look, you can make an argument that all players, you'd like to see them go feet first instead of head first, but you know they're trying to win the game. And right. in some cases, trying to avoid a tag probably means going you know, head first instead of feet first. And even if you mm-hmm. go feet first, you probably have to go around a tag and use your, your hand or wrist to grab the bag going across. Right. Um, I mean, to me, that injury itself was a freak injury. I mean, Matt Chapman did what a good, you know, uh, defender does it a bag he blocks the bag and when he dropped down his knee he dropped it right on the, the hand and wrist area Kevin Kiermaier it was just mm. unfortunate timing if you if you look at that replay um, and now the question is okay how long is he going to be out you know and I think a lot of that will determine what the Rays do going forward if this is going to be a 10 day to two week thing I think they buy some time they might carry an extra pitcher on the roster um, if it's going to be a significantly longer injury than that and as we record this, we really don't know, um, you know, then I think the Rays will consider whether they bring up one of the kids. But I think only if one of those kids is going to play significantly. I don't think they're going to bring someone up to sit them. That doesn't do them any good. It doesn't do the Rays any good. So those are the things that they're going to have to kind of work through, you know, before they get back on the field on Tuesday against the Yankees. I mean, I guess the good news is with, uh, the, you know, the outfield, they, they'd certainly, with Margot and uh, uh, Rosarena and those guys, they certainly have some really good defenders out there that, in the short term at least, they don't lose. And look, you never want to lose a platinum glove center fielder, but um, they're, they're, they're pretty equipped out there defensively. They are, I think, probably more on the offensive end, you know, um, you know, because obviously KK has gotten off to a slow start offensively. He hadn't homered yet. Um, you know, he hadn't hit for a ton of power, although he was getting some base hits to the opposite field. Um, you know, I think Brett Phillips is probably the guy who's closest to KK in center field in terms of the defense. Um, you know, the, the one thing where I seem to notice when they don't have KK, and it was, you know, noticeable when they lost him, um, I think in the Boston series on the first road trip is it seems like they're forced then to play someone at a corner outfield who could be DHing um, mm-hmm. because their center fielder could be on the corner. And, you know, I've seen some balls, even, even in Sunday's game against Oakland, there were a ball or two that I'm like, huh, if KK's in center and the next, you know, so-and-so is now in left or right, does that ball get caught? And it certainly enters your mind. It's why the Rays have been such a good defensive team. And for most of the early portion of the schedule, aside from, I would say, the first road trip, um, you know, if you look even at the, the the numbers and even with the naked eye, they've been a top 10 team defensively for sure so far. No doubt. This could be a big week also uh, for both, I guess, G-Man Choi, who could be coming back from the injured list, and also, I guess, Yossi Susugo, who, you know, big big salary, obviously $7 million a year. Will he be part of of you know what the Rays do to 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 make room um, room for G Man? Well, you know when they when KK went on the injured list, they they added an extra pitcher in Lewis Head for coverage. Now they don't necessarily need the extra pitcher when when they're going to play six games and then have another off day. So I guess that's part of the consideration here. 
um, as to how they handle their roster going forward. You know, I don't know that there's necessarily a need for 14 pitchers and 12 position players. So in essence, it could be choice for KK, um, you know, and, and then, you know, obviously Yoshi, I think only got eight at bats during the course of this road trip in the, in the seven games. So the playing time was, was fairly limited and obviously having G-Man back would, would limit it even further, I would think. So I, I, I don't, quite know how they're going to go i think it's a it's not the easiest of calls and you know that's that's why you know i also wonder if you would consider bringing up one of the kids um you know how are how and where are you going to play them at this point part of that i think will depend on kk you know whether you know i would think if he's going to be out for a significant period of time then maybe the race consider either a josh lowe or videl bruhan um, for different reasons, they can certainly help the ball club if they decide to go that route from an outfield standpoint. Both are equipped to play center field. Just speaking of of, of Gmon, you know, it, and I don't. A couple of years ago, I don't know I would have said this, but I, I don't know what they missed missed more. Maybe his bat or his glove, which we saw was ex, you know extraordinary at times um, in the past, uh, or maybe Neil, it's just the joy he brings to that clubhouse as well. He does. Um, I, I think certainly there are some intangibles. I, I think his quality of at bat helps lengthen the lineup, moves mm. down a spot, guys, a spot or two, um, takes a little pressure off some guys a little bit as well. Um, I think all of those things help. And I don't know that they've missed him as much on the defensive end because I actually think since Yandy Diaz has gotten most of the reps, I actually think Yandy's played a pretty good first base. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. Uh, G-Man was, has been really good at, at, you know, picking balls around the bag. I think for the most part, the, the infielders have made fairly good and accurate throws. I think even Yoshi had a pretty good pick um, on a ball that Willie threw in Anaheim against the Angels to help them get out of a mess in a, in a situation. So I think probably the length of, of what he can do with the lineup, the fact that he'll draw a few more walks, um, he's not as high a strikeout guy as some of the guys they have currently in the lineup. So that adds a little more contact to go along with Margot and Yandy Diaz. Um, and I think that helps as well. So I think they could use him more on the offensive side, um, more so against right-handed pitching than left. And, and actually left-handed pitching has really been the bugaboo for this group so far this season. They just, the righties haven't hit and the lefties haven't hit at all, um, which, is you know that, that's why to be two games over 500 at this point when they faced I think they faced 12 out of 27 lefties um, wow. the last 27 games before the off day that's a lot um, and they're going to get another one to make it 13 out of 28 on uh, Tuesday against the Yankees. So I mean, G-Man with Yandy, I mean, does does he then become more of a right-handed DH? Does he platoon against left-handers at first? What, what do you think that'll? How do they work that? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, for the most part, when G-Man's been healthy, he's played against right-handed pitching predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess who's playing or pitching against the Rays on Wednesday? It's Garrett Cole, who, I mean, <laughs> G-Man's had his number. So yeah. I, I'm curious if the Rays decide to activate him on Tuesday or they wait one more day and go with an extra pitcher for an extra day or how they decide to configure it. That's why they have a lot of, to me, they have a lot of decisions to make. Um, you know, through the off day and then figuring out, you know, how KK is. And they also have to figure out how Michael Walk is. Michael was, you know, they thought this is going to be a limited injury situation. He's going to throw a bullpen on Tuesday after 
having a little bit of a hamstring issue. So I think, you know, the, that that impacts the pitching staff going forward as well. But I, I would think that G-Man's going to play against right-handed pitching at least to start. Um, you know, Yandy, they could put at DH, they could put at third base. You know, I, I think part of that is figuring out, okay, what do you want to do with Joey Wendell and how many left-handed bats do you want in the lineup when you're facing a right-handed pitcher? So um, a lot to calculate, um, but it's good to have at least the number of options that the Rays have too. You mentioned the pitching in it, and look, they they've had more than their share of injuries. Again, they've had to be creative. We you know we've seen in the past the 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 opener, the bulk inning guys, right? <laughs> um, only this year, uh, I don't know what you would call them. I mean, they've they've almost sort of at times paired up some some guys. I know Richel has done a lot of different roles. Um, I, I what do you make of just the creativity? I think. I mean, as as guys like Shane uh, McClanahan and, and and Luis Patino, as they as they get their innings built up, do you see them falling into more of a, if you would, a, a traditional starting rotation role, or or do you think we're in for the mix and match, uh, pretty much uh, what you see now? So I, I think a lot of it. I, I hate to say it depends, but in part it does. You know, it's going right. to depend on health um, to a degree. And part of this is also the fact that you had 60 games last year and most of guys like McClanahan and Patino threw what? How many innings and how many are, are, are stressful innings? They're pitching against themselves at the alternate site, whether it's right. for the Padres or the Rays, um, and also what their previous workloads are. So McClanahan's high in innings, I think, was like 121. Patino's was right around 100. So how far can you push them? Um and so I think part of the three innings, four inning stints that they've been working under right now is so you're almost like reverse Strasburging them is what I would call it. <laughs> um, you remember when, the, you know, when Steven Strasburg initially came up and the Nationals yeah. on this run, it's do we cut him off? What do we do? And here the Rays are cutting him off early in the season to two innings, right. three innings, four innings and keeping sure. those innings early. What I think the expectation is is that this team is going to be really competitive and, and fighting for the playoffs. And if in the playoffs, you don't want to cut them off in October. You want them to have innings left. So I think that's part of the, the thought process. I think the other piece of this is they're facing really good lineups. They're facing the Yankees. They're facing the A's. They're facing the Jays. They're facing the Astros. What's the best way to combat lineups with guys who are inexperienced? Um, have those pitchers limit their exposure to their really good hitters. So you're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of times where nobody is seeing the same pitcher more than twice, not only in a game, but sometimes not only more than twice in a series. Um, hitting is hard, and hitting is really hard when you offer so many different looks. So I think that's part of it. And then I think the other piece is all of the injuries that the race have had. I mean, you know, Pete Fairbanks come back and Diego Castillo goes down. And, and Diego hopefully will be back this homestand in the Mets series. But you've lost him. You've lost Nick Anderson. You lost Chaz Rowe. You got Colin McCubeck, who looked really good against the Angels. Um, and now even in the rotation, you've had Michael Walker go down with a little hamstring issue. And obviously you've been without Chris Archer, who, you know, condolences to him and his family yeah. for, you know, he lost his mom on top of uh, the injury that he had, which obviously has, you know, slowed his return to now being in June rather than sometime in May. Um, so all of those things are impacting how you use your pitching staff. I, I think generally the Rays are going to try and be as creative as possible um, to maximize the staff. I think that was the plan all along. I, you know, I thought that there would be a lot of guys who pitch 100 to 150 innings during the course of the year, and this is you know kind of their way of doing it. 
probably sped up a little bit by the injuries to Archer and Waka um, and the, the struggles that Rich Hill underwent for a little while, but now it looks like he's found his stride. And, and I think it makes for a really tough pitching staff to face. You know, I, I think this team is you know going, going to have that expectation that they can win any game regardless of who they put out there. And, and that's really what good race teams do. Neil, let me ask you, uh, while we're on the, the subject about those two young pitchers, you and I watched Patino make his make his debut, I guess, uh, for the Rays. And, mm-hmm. and I've, we've seen McClanahan uh, now several times. I mean, guys that are uh, strike throwers is how I would describe them. Obviously, tremendous arms, both of them. Um, just what do you what have you liked just about their makeup and their stuff? And, and, and I just I just think that they look poised beyond their years at this point. They definitely do, and they are going to go through some growing pains. You know, I, I hope the, the casual fan realizes that it's not going to look as easy as I think they've made it look to this point in time. They're going to have bumps in the road. But sure. I think you do have to start with the stuff. I mean, you know, when McClanahan can, when Shane can throw a fastball up to 101 and a slider that goes up to 93 with really, really good depth, <laughs> um, he's going to be hard to hit. And he's mm-hmm. got a curveball and a changeup, too, that continue to develop. And, you know, on the other side, We've seen Patino up to 97, 98 miles an hour with a really wicked slider and a developing changeup. And, you know, if you're limiting looks to two times through the order, um, as a hitter, I can't imagine that that's a really comfortable at bat, especially as they learn how to use their stuff. And I think they've got the right guy to guide them through in Kyle Snyder. I think the front office is going to put them in the best position possible um, you know, I think I'm curious what happens when Michael Waka is back, you know, in June when Chris Archer is back, but that's also assuming health of the entire group. Yeah. We, we have no idea if, that, if that's going to happen because certainly it hasn't happened to this point. I think the more options the race have, the better. And, you know, I, I definitely think this is an interesting year to watch the development of, of both Luis and Shane, because I think going forward, they're going to have even larger and larger roles for this group. You know, I think just because of the limited innings they had last year and the unique situation that goes into 60 to 162 this year, they've got to be somewhat careful with how they use them. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's true. I mean, their futures are bright, and they want to make sure that they have them on the back end of the season, I think, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, as far as the bullpen goes, we're hoping uh, the Rays are that Diego Castillo does uh, have a short stint out. Um, but regardless, uh, having Pete Fairbanks back is tremendous. The guy who has really stepped up in, in those late leverage roles is Andrew Kittrich. What, what have you made of his performance of late? Boy, it, for me, it's a remarkable story. I mean, here's a guy who walked off the mound at Fenway Park last summer and thought he needed Tommy John surgery. And he gets a PRP or some similar type injection in Texas because of the timeline. You know, he basically had three months to play with. The thought was, if you have Tommy John, you're going to be out not right. only the rest of the 20 season, but all of 21. But if you take this injection, we'll see how it plays. And if by October things are going well and you're throwing bullpens, you know, things are going to be okay. And not only is he throwing okay, I mean, I think he's throwing as well as he did, if not better than last year when he went on the injured list. Um, you know, his fastball is up to 97. It's like a bowling ball fastball now. I mean, it's a <laughs> real power sinker with a good slider. It's a contrast from the guys who they have who elevate with the fastball. So right. I think that makes him, you know, that much more effective. 
And, and I think when, when Diego's back, it just makes this bullpen group that much deeper because there are a number of guys, not only, not only Andrew, I think Jeffrey Springs has really emerged as a strike thrower too. And, right. you know, the more the merrier, um, you know, for me, the more guys they have that they can trust, you know, Chaz Rowe, I hear, is, is really doing well in his rehab, and he should come off the 60-day as scheduled in early June. I mean, you could have a group of Castillo, Fairbanks, Rowe, Kittredge, um, and Springs, you know, to go along, you know, with, you know, Cody Reed, who I think has had some moments too, and then all of a sudden you're looking at the group and going, hey, we got six guys we can trust in this bullpen in high leverage spots. I think that makes it that much tougher on opposing teams, and I think it makes it that much easier um, for your group going forward. And I forget even, you know, shoot, I didn't even mention Ryan Thompson, who's had yeah. some really good moments. So, um, you know, and this is without Nick Anderson. So I, I just think it makes them a really, really dangerous group, um, you know, because I think the more – the injuries have been tough. But they've also, I think, allowed guys to to gain confidence in higher leverage roles – and now if you put them in lower leverage roles, I think they're going to be, you know, a team that can stick around in any game, whether you're behind or ahead. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Of course, the guys that are handling this pitching staff, I think the catching has been a strength early on. Um, and and I got to you know we knew Mike Zanino is a, is a is a good defensive catcher. Neil, he's for for what you want him to do. We, he may not be a high average guy ever in his career, but he's been one of the more consistent bats in their lineup. I think he has. You know, in fact, if you look at the offense, he's probably the guy who's performed probably well above expectations. I think before Sunday, he'd driven in a run in three straight games. You know, right. even when he's striking out or he's popping the ball up, I think the quality of his at bats have been better. And for the most part, I think. Um, you know, unless he gets himself in a bad situation, he's staying in the strike zone a lot more, too. Um, and I think we saw some of this in the postseason last year. You know, I thought he petered out a little bit against the Dodgers, part because of their their pitching staff and part because he played like every inning. Um, I do think that Francisco Mejia and him splitting reps has allowed him to stay fresher and sharper. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Mike, I think, played four games in a row after – you know, Mejia was was injured and missed the Oakland series or with the um, um, tight intercostal muscle. I'm hoping they do work Kevin Smith into the rotation while Francisco comes back, because I think at least if he's playing, you know, even two out of three, I think it keeps Mike Zanino that much sharper um, from not only a defensive standpoint, but I think more so from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been fun to watch, and and of course the Rays. Host the Yankees uh, at the Trop coming off this road trip. Neil, what do you what do you make of the way this series has turned around over the last, uh, I guess, year year and a half, two years? I mean, the, all of a sudden, the, the Yankees' uh, kryptonite are the Rays. Uh, what do you make of their mastery of the Yankees of late? I definitely hope it stays that way for sure. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. It's 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 enjoyable, 
Um, I, I do think that this is a different Yankees team that comes to town this week than we've seen prior. I mean, I think they're, what, 13-6, and six, their last 19 coming in, and they're getting Luke Voigt back. Um, you know, other than Zach Britton, um, they're probably as healthy as, you know, they're, they're, they're extremely healthy um, in contrast to the Rays. So I think they definitely present quite a challenge. Um, but I think if the Rays find a way to win that first game, it's, oh, here we go again, you know, and, and I, I'm hoping that's, you know, the case in that opening game of the series, just to kind of set the tone for the homestand. You know, the Rays have struggled record-wise at home so far this year. I think part of that is just timing and the opposition and, and a lot of close games where they just haven't hit with runners in scoring position. Um, but they have hit well at home against the Yankees. So, um, you know, hopefully that trend continues. I look at this as a really tough homestand. Obviously, you're facing Garrett Cole in game two of this series. You still don't know if Jacob deGrom is or isn't going to pitch for a red-hot Mets team that's won five in a row through the weekend and only has two games mm-hmm. against Baltimore this week. So they're going to be sitting in the weeds with an off day before they face the Rays Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So for me, this is a really tough homestand. If the Rays find a way to have a winning homestand this week, I think it really spells well going forward. And even if they're at 500 during this six-game stretch, I still think they're in a good spot. No doubt. Well, no uh, conversation with Neil Solons would be complete without us talking <laughs> about what's on the farm. And uh, listen, uh, minor league baseball is back. That's the good news, right? Um, yes. It has started, and it started with a bang, especially in AAA Durham, which is stocked with uh, some of the best prospects in all of baseball, as uh, ranked by a lot of people. Um, and we talk about these guys often, but uh, what what starts they have had to their minor league careers this year? Wander Franco and uh, you mentioned Bruhan. I, I mean, those guys just wearing it out down there in AAA. Yeah, Vidal Bruhan, Wander Franco, uh, Josh Lowe, Kevin Padlo, um, all of them had really good starts. Taylor Walls as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think. I mean, the one thing is the, the way the minor league season is structured due to covid is you're facing opponents for six days in a row so you can look at that two ways one is if you're not going well you're probably really going to struggle for six days but if you are going well you're probably going to go really really well and and in their first series against the cardinals affiliate memphis um durham went five and one and hit 16 homers and scored a boatload of runs in six games Mm. i don't know how much to make of it um you know, A, it was a road series, so I'm only seeing video of it. And, right. and, and the broadcasters are not traveling, so they're seeing it off a monitor. So I don't know what the velocity is like um, sure. from what I had heard from, you know, conversations I had with individuals. It wasn't the best of, of Memphis's staffs in terms of high-end velocity. You weren't seeing a lot of 95-plus guys that you're going to see at the big league level, so I'm not quite sure how to judge it yet. I mean, it's still you're still getting hits and you're still, you know, um, collecting a lot of runs and it's all impressive. But I kind of want to see how this plays out a little bit for the next couple of weeks and just see how guys play against different opponents, because, you know, they're certainly going to face, you know, probably better staffs, I would think, than the group they just faced. Um, And I want to see how they handle it. Um, You know, the schedule is going to be really unique, so it is going to be hard to judge at points. and, And I think. The Rays are probably as good as any about figuring out how to best judge what they're seeing. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, you know, ideally, you'd like for those guys to to have a good number of at bats. Uh, they didn't play minor league baseball a year ago. Um, that said, uh, 
I guess injuries might dictate some of this when when a player or or another might come up for different periods of time. How do you think that these guys? I mean, it's hard to say when are we going to see them, right? Um, mm, but yes. but do you do you expect them to be um, you know, factor into the major league club at some point? Some of these guys this year. I do. Um, look, we already did see Kevin Padlow, and if That's the Rays right. continue to have a tough time against left-handers, and I know he went, I think, 0 for 6 with, or 0 for 5 with a couple of walks during his very brief stint up here before, I think he hit four homers in the in the Memphis series, and mm-hmm. certainly I think he's capable against left-handed pitching um, and can play corner infield and corner outfield. Um, you know, if you're looking at, you know, outfield options, you know, Vidal Brujan not only plays second base shortstop, but He's playing all three outfield spots. Um, he had four homers in the Memphis series. Is a switch hitter with tremendous speed and playmaking ability, and had more walks than strikeouts in that set. Um, Taylor Walls is, you know, probably the most gifted defensive infielder the Rays have. Also a switch hitter, probably less pop than the other guys, but the ability to get on base. And um, Josh Lowe, I think, had three or four home runs in the series against Memphis. You know, he gives you a power bat. Um, you know, with, you know, probably, um, you know, uh, maybe a little bit of swing and miss, but, you know, plenty of plenty of ability to get the extra base hit. Really gifted outfielder now. He's a guy who they drafted originally as a third baseman and moved to the outfield, and he's really made a great transition not only to center field but the corner outfield spots, and that goes without saying anything about Wander, who obviously we know his capabilities and – you know, I think he hit a couple of long home runs in the series against the, the Cardinals, too. So um, G-Man Choi might be the best guy to judge um, in asking him <laughs> about yeah. what he thought because he spent a week with these guys. Uh, it's yeah. one series, and one series does not a season make, but it was an awful impressive one. And, look, they're, I mean, Baseball America called them the most talented AAA roster for a reason. Right. And I didn't even touch on the pitching staff. And there were some guys like Drew Stropman and, and Joe Ryan – um, and Brent Honeywell all had impressive pitching performances in that series too. Um, so there are a lot of guys on that roster. They're going to help, and you know what? They're going to be needed during the course of the year. Um, you know, because the Rays are going to have some injuries at some point, and you know, I think a lot of it is going to depend on who's injured for how long, um, and and who's hot among the the guys in Durham. The defending American League champions present is pretty good. Their future might be even. Even brighter. Neil, you also host, as I mentioned earlier, this week in Rays Baseball. It's a must listen. I listen every single week. What do you got coming up on the broadcast? Well, for people who didn't catch our last one, we did. Um, we actually sat down with Mike Zanino. Um, it was a Mother's Day special edition. We also talked with Marissa Kiermeyer. Um, this cool. coming week, we'll chat with Jeffrey Springs, um, who's turned into you know a really nice find for the Rays. Surprise, they made a trade and they found a guy who's really helped them out. Um, and I think we'll probably have some interesting stuff on the minor league side too. Um, I actually, we actually did add a, um, a, a new podcast since I spoke with you last that I mm-hmm. probably want to promote. It's it. I'm more of a sidekick on this one. Um, but if people haven't caught horsing around with horsing around with Pete Fairbanks, this is kind of a player friendly podcast where he brings on guests and I'm kind of, Oh, epic wow. man to Johnny Carson, and it gives him a chance <laughs> to kind of, you know, give a little bit of a, a, a you know, behind-the-scenes look at, at Major League Life and just talks about more pop culture stuff. So 
I hope that people catch that too. I think they're really going to enjoy it. And it gives people, again, a different look from what we've done before and allows me to kind of sit back and, and kind of let people see what Pete's all about too. It's outstanding. Well, he is Neil Solons, the Rays pre and post game host of the radio. You hear him on the broadcast all the time with Dave and Andy. And if you ever have the uh, pleasure of watching a game with Neil, just be ready to understand how much he knows the Rays because literally can predict pitches. I have found uh, it's just it's it's just a joy to to hang out with you during a ball game. Thanks, Neil. We appreciate it so much. Thanks. Enjoyed uh, hanging out with you today. Appreciate it, Rick. My thanks to Neil. Uh, we've got the Rays, of course, and the Yankees tonight. Then they have a series against the Mets, both New York teams coming to the Trop. Tomorrow we'll have Lightning beat writer Eduardo Encina recap the year and also get you ready for their playoff series against Florida. On Thursday, we'll recap the NFL schedule that is due out, see where the Bucks are going to open their season, and we'll have our mailbag segment on Friday and get you ready for the Bucks rookie minicamp this weekend. So for Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 